Today on the pod, we're talking about relationships. And you know, relationships are not just with other people. The most important relationship we might ever have is with ourselves. But if you've been listening for a while, you may remember that a relationship, the way I teach it, is simply all the thoughts we have about something. Not just someone. All the thoughts you have or I have or we have about any person, place, or thing. Now, I'm here every week because I have a relationship with you. I have thoughts about you listening to me right now. And of course, you presumably have your own thoughts about who I am and what I'm doing here and whether I'm worth listening to. Your thoughts are entirely your business. My thoughts are the only ones I'm in charge of. Now, my thoughts are that there are people out there who are having, well, some of them are having trouble believing that they can be vegan. And that there are vegans out there having trouble believing that they can accomplish their next amazing goal. And I believe that regularly someone listens here and finds out or notices or makes a distinction, some little thing, some little thing that helps them believe in themselves. Maybe something that helps them believe that it's very possible for them to blow their own minds about what's possible for them in this life. Even if they never, ever meet me or work with me or hire me as their coach. So that's my relationship with you. I believe in your infinite possibilities. And I believe that the best way for me to show up in support of animal ethics, of human health, and of environmental activism is to remind you and anyone who will listen that you can do this. You can limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products and and you will see that it makes any other goal that you ever have that much more possible. Not because of your relationship with me, but with the most important relationship you ever have with yourself. Yes, it really is all about you. Vegheads and Veg Your Besties, welcome back to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every week to encourage you to eat more plants and set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you. And today, episode 74, yes, it's all about you. So veg heads, veg your besties, happy February. We made it. We made it to February. February is National Heart Health Month in the U.S. 
and it's Valentine's Month, Love Month. And I know for many of us, for many of you listening, your heart and your health are part of your part of your interest in moving towards a vegan or a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And there are many reasons to stop eating or to limit the consumption of animal products. Typically, typically they are three main portals. Uh, animal ethics, of course, environmental concerns, and human health, those three. And typically, one of those is the real impetus, the real area that gets under our skin and reminds us we need to make some sort of a change or we need to opt out. Um, And that thought that motivates us to first decide to opt out of a standard Western diet is usually one of those three because we have thoughts. We have thoughts about those topics. We have thoughts about our health and our welfare. We have thoughts about the health of planet Earth. And we have thoughts about the health and welfare and the treatment of animals. So those thoughts that we have, roughly in those three categories, those beliefs on those subjects and the strength of those thoughts, the focus we have on those thoughts, those thoughts are what make it easier or more difficult for us to limit or eliminate the consumption of animal products. And I call this our relationship with meat, dairy, eggs, and fish. So every week, I try and give you some ideas, some life coaching tools, or some concepts to try and support you. And last week, last week we talked about the basic daily plan. And if you didn't listen, make sure you do, because the basic daily plan is at the very least a concept that you should internalize. What is the bare bones basic daily plan, the most realistic plan possible that you you know that you could commit to, that keeps you on track and moving forward toward the life you want, even if your more ambitious plan is not possible on a particular day or a particular afternoon or in a particular meal. One of the things that my clients do with me as they develop their basic daily plans is to get clear about their relationship, their relationship with whatever it is that they are looking to change. And often, if they're not yet vegan or plant-based, it's their relationship with what they eat. And as a coach, I teach that a relationship is what you think and believe about any person, place, or thing. So all of us have many, many relationships. Now, my relationship can be with a friend or a family member or with myself. I also have a relationship with my business, with my body and working out. I have a relationship with my practice of veganism and with my house. It's just all the thoughts I have about anything. So when we have a goal, a goal to change something, to start something, or stop something, 
yeah, we want to have a direction. We want to have a clear idea of the goal and what it looks like there. But just as important, and I think, personally, I think even more so, is we want to know what the current state of our relationship is with that thing. Because most of us want to skip to the new, new thing, the new accomplishment or idea, because that's the dopamine hit. That's the charge. That's the fun part, right? That's the exciting thing. What it will be like over there when I am vegan, when I am fit, when I fit into my genes from before COVID, when I have published my book, whatever, whatever that is, we want to think about that new, new thing. But knowing your current relationship, whatever it is you're doing, it's something most of us don't really do. We don't really bring a lot of objective attention to it. So we say, I'm going vegan, or I'm eating vegan for 30 days, or I'm quitting sugar, I'm not buying any new clothes this month, I'm going to wear what's in my closet and get rid of things I don't want to wear. We decide all kinds of things. We decide that we're abstaining from alcohol or video games. Maybe we want to do a phone fast or a Netflix fast or a news fast. But before we do that, one of the modules I I create with my clients, one of the processes I go through with them, no matter the goal is to really examine what our thoughts are about the subject right now. What's my relationship with the goal or the behavior or the habit that I'm practicing right now? Goals are usually a result. They're something that will happen when we make a plan, have a thought, create a a reason, a why, and then develop habits to support that goal. They're usually starting something or doing something more often. Or conversely, our goals might be stopping something or stopping doing something so often. So it's essential to see what your current relationship with is, well, for example, with eating animals. Your relationships, remember, they're the thoughts about the person, the place, or thing. And the quality of that relationship is going to be defined by the thoughts you have with that person, place, or thing. So if you are trying to change something, you have a really negative or toxic relationship about something that you're doing now that you've got a lot of feelings of resentment or shame or annoyance or any number of things, it's going to be harder to change until you become really aware of that relationship. So whether your relationship is the relationship you're looking to change, whether it's to meat or fish or dairy eggs, or it's your relationship to weed or tequila or Chardonnay or scrolling on your phone, whether it's your relationship to sugar or fast food or video games or sitting down and writing your book or finishing your dissertation or your ex 
or any other person, place, or thing. Your relationship is made up of the thoughts you think, not what they're doing, not what it is, but what you think about it. So for example, right now, at this point, my thoughts about eating animals is pretty uncomplicated. I think things like, well, eating animals is just not good for me or the planet. And I think things like, well, now that I've spent time away from consuming animals, I can finally fully see the level of really completely unnecessary cruelty in the food industry and the workers' conditions in slaughterhouses. My thought now, and for the past few years, is I don't miss eating any of those things because I no longer even think of animals as food. The way I never thought of, you know, dogs and cats as food. Those are just thoughts. And with those thoughts, I feel pretty calm and clear now. I just don't feel like I'm missing anything anymore. Because my thoughts are now that I'm certain I can eat in a way that's healthy and satisfying and pleasurable. So that's what I mean about my relationship with eating vegan, whole food, plant-based now. But in the beginning, in the beginning, my relationship with a vegan diet and lifestyle was different. I had other thoughts. You know, I had thoughts that not eating meat and fish, well, fish in particular, was going to be such a hassle when traveling or going out with my husband. I thought it was going to mean that I would be hungry and undernourished, or that I would have to spend a lot of time and headspace trying to plan and to eat carefully. And I thought that maybe I was too old to go vegan, or that I would fail, air quotes around fail, that I would fail at it and be, you know, judged, made fun of, called a hypocrite, And I thought that my friends would feel judged by me, that they would be uncomfortable around me when I chose to eat plants and not animals while they did. I thought it would mean that I would no longer experience the comfort and pleasure of family favorite foods or traditional cultural foods or artisanal foods when we traveled in Europe. I thought lots and lots of things in the beginning of going plant-based and vegan that made it harder, that made it more fraught, you know, to choose whole food, plant-based meals. And I spent a lot of time choosing what not to eat and worrying about what would be available. Those thoughts, those thoughts elicited feelings of doubt, concern, and worry and self-consciousness, and I ended up spending a lot of extra time and energy when I would feel those feelings. It was tiring. It was. I had to become conscious of those tiring thoughts and practice where I could new ideas. Now, we have talked about that before. Some of us are able to think the new thought, for example, Well, for example, eating animals is wrong or unhealthy or bad for the planet. And boom, boom, immediately, the feeling is immediately certainty or conviction or readiness. 
And with those feelings, those people are able to use those feelings of certainty, conviction, and readiness to fuel the actions immediately of stopping the consumption of animals. Now, others of us who had a more, well, complicated or doubtful collection of feelings, like myself, took a longer time. That was me. That was me, and it is why I do this work. I want you to know that if something in you says you want to opt out of consuming animals, and it hasn't shown up that way in your life yet, it's not impossible. You don't feel like it is the way you want to vote with your actions, your money, or how you want to feed your body or treat the earth, yet yet you are having some trouble getting your actions into alignment with those thoughts, that does not mean that it won't happen for you. It does not mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're weak or that you should be ashamed of yourself. It just means, it just illustrates that you have a relationship with meat or dairy or fish or eggs. You have a relationship with what you've been educated and groomed and conditioned to eat. And that, that is where we start. And not just, not just going vegan or plant-based. If there is something that is always coming up for you, something that you know you want to do and you haven't done it yet, it's because you have thoughts in your brain that are complicating, that are working against, working against that goal. So if you're doing anything you don't really want to do, or if you're not doing something that you do really want to do, it's just because you have a relationship with those subjects. You have a lot of thoughts about those subjects that are currently keeping those current behaviors, those current actions in play. So now I have thoughts about meat, dairy, eggs, fish. I don't want those things in my body. I don't want to pay for those things. I don't want to be part of it. I like the way I feel better now without consuming animals. Staying away from animal products has given me, has given me so much more insight into my culture and into human nature. And it, honestly, I believe it doesn't add anything to my life. But others, or the me of six, seven, ten years ago, who have strong attachments to meat or dairy or fish and eggs, might have a thought like, you know, barbecue, barbecue is the best part of the summer. Or fishing and fish fries are fun and delicious and they're what I have always done with my best friends at the beach. Maybe you're thinking, oh my God, I love the taste of omelets at brunch. What the heck would I even eat when I meet my friends for brunch? It would be impossible. It would be impossible to give it up. Or you might think, many of my clients say things like this. I know, I tried once or I tried several times. I was just so weak, so my body must just need animal products. So obviously, when you have those thoughts in those situations, you can see for yourself how much harder it's going to be to change. 
maybe you know, you know what your thoughts are about eating animal products. Maybe they are two competing thoughts like, I love eating cheese. And also, I know how badly dairy cows are treated and that cow milk is actually terrible for me. So now you have this tormented relationship. You have a roller coaster relationship with eating dairy, say. You don't want to, and yet you do want to. It might feel positive and negative, the idea of eating vegan, or it might feel mostly negative or mostly positive. So you have to understand when you start paying attention to those thoughts, you will get a lot of insight into where the hiccups are in your ability to make different choices. Remember, our thoughts create our feelings, and it's those feelings, those feelings where we create our actions from, our habits from. So it might feel positive and negative, or mostly positive. Wherever you are, holidays or weekdays or traveling when you've got the sniffles or a broken heart, what you eat is not what makes you feel good or bad, positive or negative. It's your thoughts about what you're eating when you are in those situations. So to change your relationship with how you eat, how and when you eat animal flesh or secretions, we want to notice all the thoughts you have about it right now. And if your goal is something else, you just swap it out. Instead of eating vegan, maybe it's building your business or changing your job. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's moving or a fitness goal or choosing to drink water instead of wine with your dinner. Regardless, regardless of what it is you're thinking you want to change, we want to notice all the thoughts we have positive and negative, and in between about the current behaviors and what new behaviors would mean. So there are so many scenarios to kind of get our minds around, so many occasions. And obviously, I'm not recommending that you spend hours and hours doing this, but we want to continually notice. We want to uncover the thoughts about how you will eat when you go vegan. We want to uncover your thoughts about where you imagine you will eat, what you will replace certain foods or meals with, who you'll eat with, where will you go, where will you buy foods. And you want to also think about the thoughts of why it might be easier not to change. So many of my clients are resistant to this. They think, no, if I think about why it would be all my doubts, if I think about what could go wrong, if I think about why I don't want to change, then I'll never change. It's not true. It's not true. It's actually kind of the secret weapon of figuring out what's standing in the way of what you want. Every behavior you have is a result of the thoughts and the feelings that you have. And of course, most of them are so automatic that we no longer even notice that there are thoughts and feelings there, right? That's why we want to deliberately slow down certain things. We want to deliberately slow down that action of thought, feeling, 
um, than habit or behavior, because that's where we're going to learn what's in the way. Remember your brain, the automaticity of your brain, it's trying to keep you safe and efficient by avoiding pain, seeking pleasure, and that third one, making everything as easy, easy, easy as possible. And for most of us, pleasure, avoiding pain, and easy is the standard American diet, the standard Western diet. It's high in industrially raised animal products at every meal, and most of us grew up thinking of it as pleasurable. And we think of it as helping us avoid the pain of eating weird things or unfamiliar things or maybe bland things, things that our taste buds aren't used to yet. And we think of it as super easy. So that's, in a nutshell, the motivational triad. Because we have been eating this way our whole lives. We know how to order it. We know how to buy it, cook it, find it, prepare it. We do it all the time. And we do it with the people we love most. And we do it when we're away from the people we love most. So we need to see where the motivational triad is at work in the way we eat right now. And we also need to uncover what you think when you decide that you will not be eating meat, cheese, dairy, eggs, and fish. Do your thoughts feel like, oh my gosh, that will be the best? So easy. Everyone will want to eat the same way. I feel so nurtured and cared for. Or, or will there be thoughts that are more like, oh, I'm missing out. This is no fun. Why did I grow up in a family that ate meat all the time? Now I'm sick. They should have known better. Or a thought like, my mom, my grandma, they will never, ever accept this. They'll always be sabotaging me. This is all super, super important for you to notice. The thoughts that come up in your head on the subject. No matter what you think about the thoughts, whether you think they're whiny and childish or melodramatic and judgmental, whether they are apathetic or defeated thoughts, listen, you're going to have a few of all kinds of those thoughts. We want to notice. We want to notice all the thoughts that come up. Because if there's something you want to do and you're not doing it, it's just because you've got thoughts that are getting in the way, thoughts that are complicating the change. We can't make permanent positive changes to our relationship with animal products or our relationship to anything else unless we get clear and conscious of what the thoughts we have are right now. Our current thoughts, our current relationship. I'm going to repeat it a bunch of times. You know, we are programmed. We are programmed to seek pleasure, avoid pain, save energy. So whatever default setting you have right now in your behavior, it's there because it's underpinned by the thoughts you have that this behavior fits that motivational triad. This behavior, for whatever reason your brain thinks 
is seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, and simple. So if we don't know what we're thinking, or we're not being honest with ourselves about what we're thinking and how that is working with the brain's motivational triad, change can feel impossible. It can feel daunting. It can feel like nothing's working. It can feel like even if you're accomplishing the goal that that you're slogging through your day, that you're gritting your teeth, that you're relying on willpower. And that's because your thoughts haven't really changed yet. So even if you grit your teeth and willpower your way to some change, the minute you relax a little or change your focus or have to get busy with something else, your brain's going to notice, oh, wow, oh, wow, that's hard. That's a lot of work. That's no fun, okay? And its job, its remit is to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So it's going to encourage you to do the old things that seemed pleasurable and forget about those new things that your brain sees as hard. And this is, in a nutshell, why so many of us have the experience of self-sabotage, that experience of roller coastering up and down and on and off on our goals. It's because we aren't aware of the thoughts and the thought work necessary to make those goals stick. It's not, it's not that you lack willpower and it's not that you don't have discipline. It's just the fact that you have an enormously powerful brain that is running pretty seamless operating system. That's why those thoughts don't feel like thoughts. They feel true. So, for example, when you have that exasperated thought out at dinner with your friends, oh my God, I hate this place. There's no vegan option except for salad and fries. Well, when you think that, you might feel resentful or you might feel deprived or you might think something like, You know, being vegan is actually impossible in this city or in my life or in my family. And you might start feeling overwhelmed or regretful. And those feelings are not fun, right? They're not going to help you enjoy being vegan. They're not going to be feelings that help you to enjoy your friends or the evening. Blaming the food for why you aren't enjoying yourself or your friends, blaming being vegan, using it as evidence that being vegan is a mistake, or using the situation as an excuse for eating something that does have eggs or dairy or meat in it, or using it as justification for why, well, maybe I'll have a couple extra drinks, or overeat the fries, or something else that you wouldn't normally eat so much of, because your brain's looking for the pleasure and you are not finding the pleasure in being vegan. You know, one of the things we do in coaching all the time is when someone's got a, a complaint or a problem, we ask ourselves, we ask the client, how could this possibly be happening for me rather than to me? How could this actually be helpful? or a blessing, or some other 
some other word that gets us to think, well, it's not the worst thing that happened. What is good about what happened? That's where we can start to look for thoughts that feel true, but that might be more helpful, more supportive of whatever goal we're looking for. What I have done with myself, what I help my clients with, what I'm suggesting for you is to hold some space that other thoughts, which might not seem obvious, which might not be so practiced, but could be true when you go to that favorite restaurant with your friends and now that you're vegan, you don't see any options on the menu. So first of all, it might be good to remind yourself that, well, even when you weren't vegan, you probably had some bad meals or some insufficient meals in the past that you survived. And maybe you were still sometimes able to enjoy your friends or the evening. And you could also potentially think that, yeah, no, salad and fries are not optimum, but they're part of me learning to be vegan in this world. You might, if you're thinking a little more positively, come up with some solutions like, you know what, I could ask the manager. I think the waiter is just afraid to ask the chef about putting something else together. Or, you know what, next time I choose the place we go, not this place. Or you could think, uh, maybe, maybe next time I'm going to call the restaurant ahead of time, give the chef a heads up that I want something vegan. I bet he can put something together for me. Or you might think, you know, this is just one meal, and I'm so proud of myself that I'm choosing what I believe is best here. I'm voting for myself, my health, my ethics, my environment. When you hold space that there might be other thoughts possible, you start to think there are so many thoughts, infinite numbers of thoughts that we can have in any situation. And yeah, they feel awkward and clunky and maybe a little inauthentic sometimes at first. But with time and practice, we can really notice those new thoughts, the ones that help support our new choices and that still feel true just by staying conscious and aware of the thoughts that aren't helping. That's not necessarily, you know, it's not mantras. It's not positive thinking, oh, this is the best. I'm living in the best of all possible worlds. Some people are like that. And honestly, honestly, I do think for some people, it's very, very helpful. It's not really me, but I do think we can usually uncover the gold nugget in most negative situations. I think I, I think I spoke in the past about being with my mom at the end of her life in hospice. It was a terrible situation. And there were many, many gifts from it. So I think we can, most of us find that example of something that was awful, and that we learned something, that we found something out that we are somehow better for it. So if we can find something positive in a life-altering, life-changing, 
life and death type of issue, what can we learn from a bad meal or a difficult situation or a uncomfortable conversation? Yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot we can find when we look for it. We can look for the thoughts that feel true, but that emphasize our agency and that validate the choices we're making. And you might be you might be curious or committed or motivated and your brain will start to see some of these different thought patterns as positive and not something to be avoided at all costs. I hope that you are able to hear in what I'm saying this, this idea that we want to choose the things that our brain isn't going to go, oh my God, that is incontrovertibly the worst situation. We want to avoid it. Look for what could feel a little more positive. So coaching with a coach, self-coaching, these are all processes that will help you identify the thoughts that are and that are not supporting your desire to make changes in your life. One of the reasons I'm so energized by working with vegans is that to become vegan in this society, either knowingly or unknowingly, you've had to really change your thoughts about what you see as normal, about what you think of as pleasurable, and what you think of as possible. In many ways, vegans have done the impossible by opting out of a diet and a lifestyle that includes dead animals. So having accomplished that, having been able to rethink themselves, reimagine themselves, they are particularly able to imagine and create new scenarios, new ways of being in the world, new initiatives, new businesses. You can use the motivational triad to make any behavior change easier rather than harder. You know, your brain typically doesn't even want you to change. It wants you to do whatever has gotten you this far alive, whatever that is, whatever you've been doing, that's proof of concept to your brain. So when your brain hears, wait, what? You're not watching TV? You aren't drinking alcohol? You're going to start a business? What's this talk about running? And giving up cake with eggs or butter and cream, your brain's first and if like it's if it's like most brains, its second, third, fourth and 25th response will all be no, that sounds awful. That sounds painful. What's wrong with you? You know, this will never work. Get your buns back on the couch, pour a glass of wine, log into Netflix and grab a cupcake. Your thoughts, the sentences in your head, the chatter in your head, your self-talk will either contribute to the process feeling horribly difficult or it will make room for you to believe that this is highly possible. Your thoughts will create feelings of openness and potentiality or they will create feelings of incompetence and pointlessness. And you really have so much more influence over your self-talk 
and the thoughts in your head than you may even believe. We want to practice thinking powerful, new thoughts in support of our goals, as well as compassionately noticing those default thoughts that we may have repeated for decades that are working against our goals. Right? There are thoughts, we all have thoughts like, oh, I'm a starter, but I don't finish, or I have no support. My focus is terrible. You know, if I could have done this, I would have done it by now. I have a terrible sweet tooth. Discipline's not my gift. You know, I've always shared mine. Mine is, yeah, but my time is not my own. I have so many competing people looking for my time. Totally horrible thought. But now I notice when it pops up in my head, and it still does all the time, I go, oh my God, that's that thought again? <laughs> of course your time is your own. So sometimes just noticing these default thoughts, it's enough to weaken them when we can see how they aren't really true. What they are is practiced. And when we can see that they are distracting us, we can look to try on some other thoughts like, you know, I know, but this is what I want. This is what I want for my family. I can handle some discomfort for things I know that are important. Or my, one of my clients has a, a great thought. I love it. She goes, I practiced eating animals for 40 years. I just need some more time to practice being vegan. I love that one. You know, having trouble eating vegan is just showing me where I need more practice. I love that one. So this week, veg heads and veg your besties, this week, pay good attention to the thoughts that pop up in your head when you're trying to do something new or you're trying to do more of something. And notice what pops up in your head when you find yourself doing something you said you wanted to cut back on or stop doing altogether. And this is a great, great topic, a great issue for you to bring to a free coaching consult with me. You can book yourself, as I always say, right into my calendar through the website, through the links here in the show notes, or you can message me on Facebook or Instagram. Do you follow me on Instagram? It's so easy to find. Veg your best. I think officially it's veg underscore your underscore best. But either way, you can find it. Veg your best. Message me. Look for the links. Whatever goal, whatever goal you're working on for 2022, let's talk about the thoughts you have in your head that are working against it and what thoughts we can practice to build a change. That goal you have right now could be a result you've created in just a few months. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.